Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, February 12th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jay Book, a lot to get into. Let's start with Al Washington staying at Ohio State. I mean, man, Tennessee, they were trying to make him offers he couldn't refuse, but he refused them, and uh, we couldn't be happier about it. We're uh, getting Al to stick around, and he's going to have a bigger role and a lot more money. I like it. Yeah, it was it was kind of touch and go there for a little bit this week. At one point, it looked like Al may have been headed there to Tennessee. Then Ohio State came back, made their counter offer. Tennessee up the ante a little bit. And at one point, a lot of people was like, it's done. He's headed to Tennessee. Then a couple hours later, Ohio State comes back off the top ropes and pretty much sealed the deal there. So to me, as Urban Meyer would say about past coaches, it's a huge, um, it's a huge thing when you have other schools coming after your assistant coaches. That means you're doing a heck of a job when it comes to recruiting staff and hiring uh, staff members who a lot of schools are are looking to bring onto their program. And Al Washington, he's a tremendous recruiter for Ohio State. He's a young, up and coming coach. It speaks volumes that a major power five conference is willing to give him a defensive coordinator job whenever, considering he he's never called a defense, but ne- but for the most part though, I'm just very happy that he's going to be back with the program, keeping that tremendous linebacker class that he has coming in together because that was the question for a lot of people. If he, if he was to take that Tennessee job, what happens to all of the recruits that he's landed. So thank goodness we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, as you said, Al is a rising star in this profession. What's his future? I mean, obviously he's going to be a defensive coordinator before long. He could be a defensive coordinator right now if he wanted to be at Tennessee. We're looking at a future head coach, aren't we? I think so. I mean, you would think the next progression for him would be somewhat of, of a Marcus Freeman because Marcus Freeman was a guy that started off as a linebacker coach, really excelled at that, was a heck of a young, vibrant recruiter, uh, latched on to fix staff, uh, Luke Fickle staff, and called defense, excelled there. And Marcus Freeman's on that track to be a potential head coach. And, you know, it got into bitty wars for him. I think with Ohio State giving Al Washington more responsibility, the fact that he can already be a defensive coordinator, I think it's just a matter of time. I don't know 
you know, what his long-term aspirations are. I would say, obviously, coaching, uh, getting the, the reins to a defense would be step one. And, and after that will be a head coaching position. I don't know how much longer Ohio State's going to be able to keep keep a hold of him without him being further progressed into actually calling the defense or splitting the duties. But um, for now, you know, Ohio State fans appreciate him because he's back with the program. The, the interworkings of the deal that Ohio State presented to him is not clear on what uh, Ohio State offered. I know it's been out there that Tennessee was offering 1.5 out the gates, and you have to think that they were pushing that even higher plus incentives if they came back and counter offer Ohio State. Um, I know his a, a lot of rumors on the Tennessee message board was that his dad was encouraging him to at least listen. He was doing himself an injustice if he didn't at least take the meeting and see what other programs had to offer. Um, so I think Ohio State is is in a great position to really develop his career. The question is going to be, will he want to stay in this role or will he want to take over an entire defense? That's to be determined. And Ryan Day has added a couple of analysts to his staff. It's something he didn't do his first couple of years at Ohio State. It's something that is a, a big trend in college football. Nobody does it better and more robust than Nick Saban. And now Ryan Day has added a couple of analysts to his staff, a couple of guys you know, with big names, Paul Rhodes, defensive analyst, Todd Fitch, offensive analyst. Let's start with Paul Rhodes, longtime head coach at Iowa State, long time. I think he was there for like seven years, eight years. He was a defensive coordinator at Pitt for many years under Dave Wonstadt. Unfortunately, he was the defensive coordinator at Arizona this past season. I think Arizona State just scored on them again in your home state there J book but I don't put that on Paul Rhodes though um you know for a defensive analyst again we'll get to Todd Fitch in a minute for a defensive analyst not even a position coach I don't think you could do much better than Paul Rhodes I'm pretty fired up about that hiring yeah it's he's a veteran guy he's been around the block um you know you have to respect someone who is able to secure head coaching jobs and has been in the game this long and as you mentioned He's he's going into an analyst role. It's not like he's going to be actually calling the, the defense here. So I'm very excited about this as well. I think is it's a trend in college football. You, everyone sees what Alabama is doing. Alabama probably has about you know five, six, seven analysts for each side of the football. But just getting a veteran guy, another another uh, football mind in there to help carry cones. I'm all for it. At this point in time, because Ryan Day has uh, shown that he's doubling down on the on his internal coaching staff, you want to have those guys succeed as, as much as possible. Give them as many opinions as possible, because the one thing that Ryan Day did say uh, in his press conference is he didn't want to bring in someone outside to have uh, kind of a different voice. He wanted to keep things moving in the same direction as far as the defense. And if that's the case, what you saw last year was not Ohio State football when it comes to the pass defense. So if you feel that it was an anomaly and you think that bringing in a defensive analyst is going to help them, I'm all forward. Yeah, let's get to Todd Fitch. He was the offensive coordinator most recently at Vanderbilt. Again, I mean, now, I don't think Ohio State's offense needs uh, 
that much tinkering. The defense does. Um, but I still like this, man. I like that Ryan Day is, is you know getting out of his comfort zone a little bit and hiring these analysts. And I know our Patrick Murphy, speaking of Paul Rhodes, Patrick Murphy has learned, and this surprised me, that Paul Rhodes will be making as much money as some of the assistants on Ohio State staff, at least last year. Now, some of those assistants might be getting raises, like guys like Matt Barnes. But it sounds like Paul Rhodes is not going to be making like $50,000 to be an analyst. It sounds like he's going to be making more like $300,000. So I really like that. And then Todd Fitch, I don't know what his salary is going to be, but another guy with good chops. And I like that Ryan Day has changed his philosophy here and is bringing in some extra eyes and some extra brains. Yeah, and this kind of probably puts to bed the old rumor from fans on the message board that Gene Smith and Ohio State is cheap when it comes to paying their assistant coaches. And I know a lot of people have said that's not the case. Money is not an issue when it comes to Ohio State. So just being able to pay those guys that type of money to not even be an on-the-field coach tells you the commitment from the program in the university to try to surround themselves with the best possible coaches and just bringing in the offensive analyst is just another voice to help those guys out, um, breaking down game film, helping prepare uh, for the next opponent. Like you said, Ohio State's offense, it's a well-oiled machine right now. When you have Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson, those two minds alone calling the offense, it's going to be in pretty good hands. But just bringing in someone else who's going to be able to assist those guys. Uh, like I said, Alabama's doing it. it, it Ohio State's just now getting their feet wet with one on each side of the football where those guys, they're bringing in, you know, five, six guys on each side of the football, former head coaches and coordinators. So uh, if, if Alabama and Nick Saban is showing you the successful blueprint, you will be foolish not to at least, you know, dip your toes in the water to see how well you can do. And then switching gears, looking at recruiting the NCAA, as you know, Jay Book, is considering extending the dead period in recruiting, which could greatly affect the situation with JT Tuimolo Al. What's your thoughts on that situation? It's, it's unfortunate, I tell you that, Dave. And you hate to see what's going on when it comes to these, these recruits because kids all across America, have, they're having to make life one of the biggest decisions they've ever made in their life without stepping foot on a lot of these campus. It's great that you can do Zoom calls and meet with these recruits, but until you actually get a feel for the campus and the, the lifestyle of it, it's hard to say if that's going to be a good fit for you. And I know JT was talking about visiting Ohio State in April Right now, things are so up in the air that it's hard to say which way that recruitment is going to go now. Alabama right now is just kind of picking and choosing. They have, what, 27, 28 guys. They're supposed to be landing in another transfer, the linebacker from Tennessee, and they supposedly have room for JT. So that's going to put them, you know, pushing almost 30 guys in this upcoming class. I don't know how mathematically it's possible for them, but – to me, he's going to have to end up making a decision without visiting campus unless he decides to visit schools on his own dime, um, like a lot of kids in his class have done. It, it's, it's sad because I don't think the NCAA is taking into consideration how this really affects the kids. You have a governing body there with the NCAA that's filled with athletic directors and, uh, you know, conference CEOs, and they only have a few kids 
uh, one or two kids who are actual athletes that are on those committees to say, hey, um, you should you guys should probably at least move this to a, a quiet period instead of extending the dead period. So at least you can get kids on campus. I mean, you're what you're going to see in the next one to two, three years, you're going to see thousands and thousands of kids entering the transfer portal. You're already seeing it now. You're seeing 16 you know, almost 1,700 kids in college football alone who has entered a transfer portal. And now you're going to tell these kids to go make a decision to spend the next four to three to five years at a university that you may not even know that you actually want to be there because we, the NCAA, would not allow you to visit there. And, and to me, it's a shame. I feel bad for these kids. Uh, but at the end of the day, JT is going to have to make a decision one way or the other because the way things are training with the NCAA, he's not going to be able to get on campus anywhere until fall camp starts up. And he's setting himself up to be way behind his other peers, regardless of what school he decides, if it's Ohio State or Alabama, he's going to be severely behind if he's just now making his choice come June, July. And fall campus get ready to start up at the end of July or early August. Great insights, as always, from Jonah Booker. Thank you very much, Jay Book. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in. We appreciate that very much. Have a great day and a great weekend, Bucknutters. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.